0: Hey y'all, my name is Kurt Benham and I'm coming at you here from beautiful Atlanta, Georgia where I am the rector of the Village Church at Vinings. And I remember back in my days as a youth pastor, uh, a mentor told me one time, something that really stuck with me and greatly impacted my life in general and my life as a pastor. He said this, around sixth grade, we all start asking two questions, two existential questions that we never really stop asking throughout our entire lives. Those two questions are this, who am I and do you like me? Who am I and do you like me? A question of identity and a question of acceptance. Who am I? Am I what I do? Well, what if I fail? Am I what I produce? Well, what if I can't produce enough? Or what if I what if what I produce isn't good enough? What does that mean? Am I the clothes that I wear, the sports that I play, or the job that I have, or the college that I attended, or the club where I'm a member? Do those things define me well enough? Do those things tell me who I really am? Well, deep down inside, we all know that who we are at the deepest level cannot be earned or edited or curated, it must be given to us. I can't name myself, I must be named. What about this, do you like me? Question, a question of acceptance. Behind this question is really a deeper question. And that question is this. If they really get to know me, baggage and all, what will they do? Will they like me or will they hate me? Will they leave me or will they stay? In other words, we humans have an enormous need for love and acceptance. And we have an enormous need to know who we are at the deepest level of our existence. So we keep asking those two questions throughout our entire life and so much of our social energy and our interactions, people are spent trying to find answers to those questions. We interact with other humans, even with people we love, and we try oftentimes to manipulate them into getting them to answer those questions in a way that we think is acceptable. Well, what happens when all of our social energy is depleted and our in-person interactions are cut off because of a global viral pandemic? Who do we look to then? to answer those two questions what happens when we can't work to have those questions answered because we're not allowed to be around other people well i suppose that's what's in that's what instagram is for or facebook <laughs> those things are there to help us answer those questions that is uh you know those two questions really fuel all of social media don't they um But really, ultimately, in in an age of social distancing, we're going to have to come face-to-face with the reality of how God answers those two questions. And that, friends, is scary. What if God looks at me and decides to walk away? What if the one who has the real authority to name me takes a look and decides to name me hated or rejected or outcast or orphan or cut off? Well, that's the mating ingredient of existential dread and despair, is it not? Well, I've got some good news for you about how God answers those questions about us. Regarding the who am I question, listen to what uh, John said in his first epistle. He said, see what kind of love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Listen to what Paul says in his letter to the Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth a son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you were sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So who are you according to the one who has the authority to name you and give you a real identity? You're a forgiven, adopted, reconciled, beloved child of the king. That's who you are. What about this do you like me question, this question of acceptance? How does God answer that one? Well, we can take a clue from the fact that he was known as the friend of sinners, right? Our friends are people who accept us, right? If Jesus is the friend of sinners and we count ourselves in those numbers, then you know what? We might have an answer to that. Listen to what Jesus said in in John's Gospel. He said this, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who's given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So will he accept you once he gets to know you? Well, friend, he already does know you. And for the sake of Jesus Christ, he does indeed accept you. And his acceptance of you has nothing to do with earning or deserving on your part. His acceptance of you has everything to do with the simple fact that he has simply decided to love you and accept you. And that was all one for you through the life, shed blood, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. In other words, he loves you simply because it's his nature to love you. He likes you simply because it's his nature to like you. So if God accepts sinners like me, and he loves us and he forgives us and he reconciles us back to himself, and adopts us into his family, and makes us citizens of his kingdom, and gives us a name and an identity, all for the sake of Jesus Christ, then even in the midst of a global viral pandemic, I can live in security, because I know God loves me, and I know he'll never leave me or forsake me. Fully known by God, and at the same time, fully loved by God, there's nothing better. Amen.